Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, where we believe that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball. This is Jared Jewett. And this week we're going to talk about the people who aren't your customers. So people who are not your ideal target customers? Well, we probably are going to talk more about how people can define who their customer is, but I think you have to start with accepting the premise that everyone is not your customer. And that's really tough. You know, I I talk to business owners all the time and they're like, well, but everyone needs my product. That's just not the case. And in a world where we can get down to to the nitty-gritty and really target our messaging, um, it just makes no sense. The example I always use is Coca-Cola. I mean, they certainly have way more marketing dollars than we do. And they could say, well, anybody who's thirsty is a good target for us. But they're smart enough to know that there are people who are not going to buy. Women my age, in a world where there's chocolate, I'm not spending 150 calories on soda. Yeah, fair enough. And so Coke knows that there's a group of people who are more likely to buy. Every industry has that. Chiropractors, anybody with a spine is my customer. Uh, But maybe not. Absolutely, because there's that whole group of people who think chiropractors are quacks. My apologies to people in the profession, but that's the reality. Some people think chiropractic medicine is great. And some people think it's completely inappropriate or just irrelevant. And so no amount of sales is, or selling or marketing or information is ever going to get those people to change their mind. Right. Think of, think of the amount of people that aren't having any sort of back problem, aren't having any sort of back pain. Uh, if they get your messaging, they are then more likely to push you to the wayside. For small businesses that have a limited amount of money, you've got a limited amount of bandwidth, you can only make so many phone calls, you can only send so much direct mail. If you really want whatever you're doing to be very effective, you want to focus in on who really is going to buy so you can be more relevant. I think it is somewhat difficult to to get your mind out of the old mindset of, oh, we can have a billboard, we can have a a bus, you know, bench, uh, and that that will work. Because we just say for anyone that those those marketing strategies don't work anymore because now we have the internet. Well, okay, and I'm going to tell you that if you want to put up a billboard or you want to do a bench... What you want to do is have a very specific message, recognizing that 90% of the people who sit on that bench are going to ignore it. But the one person that needs what you're offering, if you put a message that is very relevant for them, they're going to pay attention. They're going to notice. Having something on a, a billboard that just says, hey, we sell diamond rings. Yeah, maybe not. Putting up a billboard a week before Valentine's Day that says, getting engaged, come see us. And having it appropriately placed where your target customers, young people likely to get married or engaged, are going to see it. So what we're saying is you really have to now put in the groundwork up front and really think about the strategy. So how do you go about figuring out who your target customer is? Or isn't? One of the first things you need to do is figure out your main target demographic. 
you know, if you own a storefront, a physical storefront, you know the look and feel of the people who walk in your door. Look at your past customers and also who you want to do business with. For any kind of consumer product, think about age, think about income, think about gender, think about marital status. You know, if you're running a kid's clothing store, then it's parents and grandparents. Right, and you know that up front. So you know those people are the ones coming in and, and spending money at your establishment. Why would you market to anyone outside of, of the people who are already giving you good business? One of the mistakes I see very often is people go too broad. I see people saying, well, our target is women 25 to 60. No, it's not. Because a 25-year-old woman and a 60-year-old woman have very different interests, very different needs. What I would say is if you think your target is women 25 to 60, I want you to put in your mind your sister and your mother side by side on a bench. And then think about, do they like the same music? Do they read the same books? Are they likely to enjoy the same restaurants or bars? Maybe, maybe not. And unless you are really selling a product where they really overlap, pick one. Pick a smaller subset. Because if I'm talking to a 25-year-old woman, I'm going to be a little bit more hip. I'm going to be a little more casual in my word choice and my images than I'm going to be for that 50-year-old woman. So narrow it down. And don't be afraid to pick the center of your circle. And that's something you could actually do. I mean, write it down. Make a spreadsheet comparing these differences. It, it's, it's not that hard. It won't take you too much time, but it will really show you uh, which one of these segments is going to be a better fit for you. One of the things that we did uh, when I was a carrier, once we kind of got our demographic, we actually created a visual representation of who that customer was. We cut pictures out of magazines and said, this is what they look like. And I want you to think about your customer not just as the numbers. They're not just 25 to 35, you know, middle income, whatever. I want to know, what does your customer have for breakfast? Yeah. Where do they spend their Sunday afternoons? And you're sitting there and you're thinking, who cares? Good marketers care. It's so important to have that information kind of in your back pocket. I remember when I was working for insurance, right, for corporate insurance, we were lucky enough to have the capital to buy some of this, you know, more, more in-depth demographic data, but it didn't do us any good until we actually had that physical picture of who these people were. And we were breaking them out into segments, 30, 40 different segments. Um, but to pick among those, we needed to start with what those, those people within the demographics actually look like and actually cared about. And because then you can begin creating custom messaging. As you're looking at you know, demographics and segments, it's easy to say, I think, yeah, that works for consumer products, but I sell to companies. Businesses have demographics that function very much uh, the same way as individual groups of people. Absolutely. There's uh, company size. There's industry. Just like where do people live, where do businesses operate? And so you can begin to create a demographic profile for your business to business customers as well. And you go through the same analysis. What do they look like? What are the issues that are important to the kind of businesses that you want to do business with? 
And craft your marketing appropriately. Absolutely. You can build tables for consumers on age and gender and income and lifestyle. And and the lifestyle issues, sometimes two people with exactly the same age and education will look the same. Two lawyers side by side on a park bench. They went to law school together. They're both married. They both have children. They work for the same law firm. Do you think they're in the same group? On the surface, absolutely. Absolutely. But then you dig down. One of the two guys is still married to his high school sweetheart, and his children are graduating college. The other guy just married a woman, 20 years his junior, and she's pregnant. Totally different needs. One guy is thinking about that little Audi two-seater. The other one's going to buy a minivan. One guy's thinking about a cruise up the Rhine, you know, Rhine River in, in Germany. The other one is thinking he's going to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to look beyond just the demographics. And the same thing is true for businesses. Two heating and air conditioning companies, side by side, look exactly the same. Except one of them has been selling service agreements for 15 years and has this huge database of existing customers and one of them has been focused primarily in new construction and so they install equipment and go install equipment and go they don't have that same level of customer relationships so the marketing to them and for them is very very different does that make sense yeah yeah totally so as you're thinking about who your segments are, look beyond just the numbers. And then really, uh, that next step is, I think, zooming in. Really looking at more factors that allow you to really begin to say, this is a good prospect or this isn't. Yeah, I think one of the cool things you can look at is who's making the buying decisions. So for consumers, uh, are, are the teenagers interested in your business and do they have money to buy your products? Or in a B2B situation, is there a committee making the buying decisions or is there one purchasing officer making the buying decisions? And the messaging for those groups is vastly different. Absolutely. You know, I think uh, a lot of times, and I think kids have more influence now because they, they're exposed to so much more media but even when I was a kid, you know, the, the, the cereal companies would advertise to me. Their mission was to get me excited about Cocoa Puffs. So I'd go running to my mom going, I have to have chocolate cereal for breakfast. And depending on my relationship with my mother and how willing she was to start my day off with that much sugar, I, she might or might not buy. But the marketing was designed to excite the children to put pressure on their parents. And that's one strategy. Another strategy, which is what they took with their Kix product, was to convince the mothers that this was a healthier cereal. Right, yeah. Healthier compared to Cocoa Puffs, not necessarily healthy. But you make a decision. Do you talk to the person who uses the product or the person who has the cash? And both strategies can work. Yeah. And they work in B2B. If you have a product for a manufacturing plant, do you sell it to the specifying engineer or do you sell it to the guy on the line who's going to use it? Yeah, that's a very good question. And again, if you've done your research, though, and you know who's making the decision, that, that's going to be huge for you. Absolutely. And then you can begin thinking about, and this is good online and offline. 
What websites do you put information on? You know, if you think the price point is low enough, the children will either buy it for themselves or if they request it, mom and dad will be happy to buy it, put it places where the kids are going to see it. If it's a big ticket item, you better be communicating to the parents the value as well. Right. So, so you even have to consider where your marketing messages uh, show up. And, if, and honestly, if you're willing to uh, spend money in those markets. Absolutely. Another thing is you're looking at your target customers and you're, you're comparing those segments. You, like you said, that spreadsheet where you sort of have, well, I have a group that does this and there's a group that do this. And I can sell to both of them. But you don't have enough money to aggressively go after both of them. One of the factors that makes one segment maybe more attractive than another is how long is the buying cycle? Is there a group where you can get in and get out really fast? And is there another group that's going to require courting and additional information? It may be a bigger pro- it may be a bigger sale at the end, but you have to decide in terms of your business which is more attractive for you. Yeah, and it all comes down to how much time you're willing to put in. Um, and I mean, if and if the sales are there, perhaps those quick sales could even support the longer buying cycle. Absolutely. Um, And another kind of side note to that is how often will each segment buy? There are some customers who are frequent users and some customers who are the casual users. Who do you direct your messaging at? Do you try to send the same message to all of your potential customers or do you go after that niche that's likely to come back over and over and over again. Yeah, and this is this is kind of the Apple bread and butter strategy, right? They've got their people who always adopt the new technology, and their marketing is very, very focused on having the biggest, brightest news out for these people to find. They kind of keep it secret in the club, and when the iPhone 6 launches, those are the people who are lining up for 12 hours uh, to buy the phone, and they're, they're very common. And everybody looks at Apple and goes, yeah, 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 but that's Apple. But the Indianapolis Repertory Theater... If you buy a ticket online to one of their shows, the very next thing that's going to happen is you're going to get a phone call from an incredibly delightful salesperson who actually is an actor um, selling you a multi-show pass or a season ticket. And if you buy the multi-show pass, then they'll call you back and, and offer you the season ticket and they'll offer you specials and promotions because they know if you get in the habit... Now you'll come back more often, and you're likely to bring friends. That's absolutely brilliant. And it really works for them. Other theaters, they go after the masses. Clues puts their advertising out there. They don't really care about the relationships as much. They're just selling tickets, and there's not a lot of relationship between the events at the theater. And that makes sense because they understand that their demographic is going to be basically anyone who wants to come see an $8 or $10 show. Clues? Oh, no, honey. They do the Broadway series. You're talking oh, 80 to big, 100. Yeah. They, they do, do those, concerts yeah. that are 80. Yeah. yeah. They, but because the shows are not related and they have such a broad range, it doesn't make any sense because just because I come to a Broadway show does not mean I want to hear a, a concert or a speaker. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they, they've got that high ticket stuff. Oh, yeah. The last thing that I really think is people are are kind of thinking about their target. After you go through all of this work and you've narrowed your focus down and you know really who you're talking to, you have to step back and look at it and go, how big is this target 
And is it big enough to support my business? So you can spend a couple of hours going through all this analysis and get really excited because you have a product that is ideally suited for redheads under five feet tall living in Zionsville. Really specific, but there may only be two people that meet that demographic. And so now you have to step back and go, okay, maybe we need to look at either redheads under five feet tall in all of Indiana, or maybe we need to lose the height requirement. And so you can always go broader. Once you've gone niche, you can always go broader. Yeah, and I mean, again, if something is not feasible and not sustainable, it's okay to take that step back. I mean, you, you have done all the research. You do have all the data behind you. Um, but it's a matter of doing that up front. So then again, right, you can take that step back and identify who is going to be the most valuable for you. Just because you pick a target doesn't mean you can't sell to other people. It's just who you're targeting. I'm not in Coca-Cola's demographic. But if I walk into a convenience store and say, you know, I'd like a Coke, the guy's not going to tell me, I'm sorry, ma'am, you're not in Coke's demographic. You can't have one. He's going to say, buck 25, have a nice day. And so as you're looking at your market, recognize that picking a target gives you something to aim at. And just like a great marksman, you may aim for the center of the circle, but you get points anywhere on the target. If you'd like to know more about marketing and defining your target, there's a download link in this podcast to a worksheet. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.